improved good bad and fugly as we now take a look at one of my personal favorites and we begin to try and figure out just how he could be done in the DCEU and not not just done but done right cuz as I've, I've always said, doing it and doing it right, totally different things. And doing it right can be tricky as hell, depending on who you're dealing with. But yeah, we, we look at one of my all-time favorites. A man that, well... As they shell out Joker after Joker, Bane after Bane, just recycling the same old villains over and over and over. <sighs> well, we think out of the box from time to time, you know? We, we do what they're afraid to do. And we think <laughs> sometimes way out of the box. Just, just for shits and giggles. And this time is no different. Because uh, this man and everything about him is way out of the box. Just the way I like it. It's a man that, uh, if they did right, <laughs> it could leave us with our jaws on the floor, our pants around our ankles, um, our, our hearts in our throats, and just satisfied as all holy hell for once. After having witnessed one of the best Batman flicks ever. Because today, we take a peek 
at an unhinged and unpredictable villain, the likes of whom DC has never given us, before or since he first showed up in 1992. I mean, it's a villain the likes that, well, if the last few movies that we've gotten are, are to be uh, taken as some sort of roadmap for the future, well, they're never going to give us. Because today, we look at Victor Zaz. Because truth be told, I ever since the, the first time we met him, and we realized that, much like Bruce Wayne, Vic had pretty much grown up in a, in a loving, wealthy-as-hell home, having, having enjoyed an extremely privileged existence throughout the years. Ever since we got our first glimpse at him and realized that much like Bruce, he was also insanely bright and had even graduated at the top of his class when he was going to college. Ever since that moment, well, it's it's my opinion that Vic has been one of, if not the most underrated, underappreciated forces of evil that Batman has ever known. And and not just in the comics, but definitely, shit, that goes double for on film. Because, <laughs> name, name one time, name one single fucking time that that Zaz has ever been even so much as alluded to in the movies. And don't give me that one little side-eye visual that they give us in Batman Begins cuz that was that was complete bullshit. So just don't even mention that. Okay? But when was when was the last time he was even considered to be part of the films. Never. That, I mean, that, that's an easy question. Never. And I think that, that really, if they just gave him his due, you know, his, his time to shine, he could shine brighter than them all. You know, because, I mean, just just that little backstory that I've given you right there just a few seconds ago. If I hadn't mentioned that that was about Victor Zaz, if all I had said is that we're going to look at a Batman character, the young lad I laid out just a few seconds ago could have been Bruce himself. I mean, hell. And I didn't even mention the fact that Victor lost his parents at an early age, too. I mean, the the parallels are insane. And I think that you could have a whole hell of a lot of fun with that. So the fact that they've never even thought twice about it just 
befuddles me, you know? I mean, it dumbfounds me. But really, it's, it's, it's not even his backstory that makes him interesting. I mean, not at least most of his backstory. Much like Bruce, it's what happens after his parents' death that makes him so damned fun. Because over the last 24 years or so, when I, when I think of Victor Zaz, and when I, when I pick up any, any of the story arcs that he has anything to do with, that's, that's really all that's in my mind and in my heart. A whole hell of a lot of fun. Because Vic... At, at the tender age of 25, he was already, again, <laughs> much like Bruce, he was already the head of a handful of his own various international companies, all of which had helped him amass a, a giant personal fortune in addition to his family's wealth. But at the age of 25, you know, Bruce, Bruce lost his family at, a, at the tender age of, shit, what was it, six, seven, eight, I, I, fuck, I don't remember. Well, I, I remember, I just don't care. Uh, but Vic, shit, he was, he was 25 when he lost his parents. And as fucked up. As such an experience can make a kid. Oh. <laughs> really? Shit. It can fucking up an adult. <laughs> and and that's exactly what it did here. Because a quarter century into his life. And suddenly. <laughs> that life. Came crashing right the fuck down. Right on top of his ass. You know, cause his his parents, oh shit, <laughs> they they weren't taken by by some robber. You know, they they weren't killed by some madman. No, <laughs> they died in a boating accident. You know, I mean, <laughs> all that stood between him and and a long, happy life with his parents, at least for, well, depending on their age, for at least another, oh, I'd say, 20 years or so, if not longer, was luck and chance. So, how do you like that shit? And uh, when it comes to luck, Vic, Vic didn't have much of it after that point because that that very moment sends him spiraling into a deep depression for the rest of his life and initially to hide this pain and and, and craving for some sort of excitement and, and rush in life you know that uh, he felt uh, apparently that was 
uh, lacking in, in not only his life, but uh, the, the lives of his, his now dearly departed parents. Uh, well, to hide that kind of pain and, and to seek that kind of uh, rush, if you will, he, he soon turned to high-stakes gambling. But, unfortunately, well, like I said, his luck <laughs> sucked. Because he, he just wasn't any damn good at it. You know, I mean, he, he traveled the world losing twice as often as he won. You know, I mean... That's, you would think he'd get the point, but no, he quickly squandered millions down to the, the damned last penny while neglecting any sort of professional duties that called his name as he lost money all across the globe. Until one night, uh... He, he came home to Gotham, and he ended up losing, well, the last of whatever the hell he had in a nice little card game run by the Penguin. And it was there, right smack dab in the middle of the Iceberg Lounge, that he saw everything he owned lost and gone forever as he risked it all and gambled every fucking thing that he had left all in one hand against the uh, untrustworthy short round bastard that is the penguin who swiftly cheated him out of it all surprise surprise and, well, just like anybody who would, would be stupid enough to go up against someone like the Penguin in a, a game of chance, not realizing that they ain't got a chance, well, afterwards, stunned and frankly despondent, it's only then that he realizes that no amount of wealth or no amount of money, no amount of stuff could ever change the, the, the fact that his parents were gone and they ain't coming back. I mean, nothing could change the hollow person that he'd become or, or give meaning to, to anything in his life now. I mean, there was, there was no reason for being, no Monday motivation, no, no purpose, there was, there was nothing, there was just him, and he was nothing more than a, a robot, sleepwalking from one distraction to another. 
ultimately hiding from the truth. A truth that... Really, there, there was no hiding from. Because no matter what he did, no matter what he tried to do, there was no outrunning the truth. And the truth now was that he saw his life for what it was. And all it was was just an empty shell driven by desire. And I, I mean, there was, there was no, no point to his existence to speak of. And it was then that he had decided what many decide to do in his case. What many decide to do in, in a moment where, just like him, they're down and out. Because in a moment like that, you do one of two things. You either stand and fight or you try to find the closest off-ramp that you can and and you you just you end it all. And really I'm not going to lie. That that sort of sounds like Vic's style. You know, that sounds right up his alley. Because that's exactly what he does. Because he heads straight for Gotham Bridge. But, as luck would have it, fate would soon intervene. And moments, moments after he gets there, in hopes of being able to take eh, one too many steps off that ledge, it's only then that Victor would finally find the new meaning in life that he had been in search for for far too long. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. I mean, he had to kill a hobo to do it, but come on. Still, yeah, you, you gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. And besides... The dude lunged at him with the knife first. So, I mean, what was he supposed to do? Damn. But yeah, it was, it was there in the cold, dark Gotham night. <laughs> Gotham night. Sounds like a, a game. Any, anyway, anyway, it was there that Vic would would grab the knife and kill a likely starving transient and <laughs> it was it was there at that very moment kneeling beside this homeless man that vic saw an absolute nothingness behind the man's eyes that he he had never, he had never really witnessed before in his sheltered life. You know, I mean, it was, 
it was a nothingness that was seemingly driven by forces that he never knew even existed. And it was then, in his his own warped little mind, in this this extremely warped little moment, that Zaz realizes that all life is meaningless. And that, just like Metallica says, nothing else matters. No one else matters. Because at that moment, he no longer saw this poor fellow as a man. I mean, there, there, wasn't, there wasn't a human being laying there bleeding out. At that very moment, all Victor saw was nothing more than a, a mindless beast to him now. A cold-hearted animal. Much like Victor was actually becoming at that moment. And it was at that moment that Victor couldn't just let this animal bleed out and suffer. Because... All he saw was... It's almost like when we see a uh, a wounded bunny or, or something, you know? I mean, so, of course, in his mind, he had to go on to show his, his own kind of crooked form of mercy. And he had to go and take that son of a bitch out quick. <laughs> well... Okay, not not too quick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but but he had to, he had to stab the poor pitiful little thing several more times till he was dead and gone. But Zaz, <laughs> well, he didn't see this as a problem. I mean, <laughs> he just he saw it. <laughs> he saw this act. This, this moment as a gift to the creature a gift for saving his life and <laughs> if I if I ever uh, if I'm ever not so damned lazy and I actually exert the energy needed in order to save somebody's life if I ever save your life and and you want to repay me by taking mine don't don't worry about it man just just look at it like a freebie okay no need for repayment just 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 putting that out there but yeah Zaz saw this as as some warped gift cuz death in Zazie's mind was the only thing that could help this thing shuffle off uh, this mortal coil and save it from the emptiness that had consumed it within but in reality 
that that emptiness had consumed him within. And afterwards, Victor would then go on to begin almost immediately what would become a sort of post-game ritual to him from that night forward as he carved the first of what would be many notches into his arm and onto his body. And he began to keep a sick, demented tally of his body count on his own body as as he began, as I said, the first of, of many cuts that he would amass from head to toe that would eventually grow, as far as, as, as I know, to upwards of 200 scars, if not more. <laughs> I mean, shit. His body by now, oh, I would imagine it looks like a fucking road map of Detroit. But hell, no matter, because, you see, it was there, on that bridge, that he dedicated himself. <laughs> that he, he had a, an awakening. <laughs> in, in a way, <laughs> you could say that he was born again, <laughs> but not for the better. Because he dedicated himself and the rest of his life to liberating the other mindless robots out there. And he, he made it his life's work, his, his life's passion to help them and, and, and free them from their, their mindless materialistic existence. And I feel that it's actually right there at the center of it all. In this very panel. In this very, this mindset that he has. Right then and there. That you find the reason that Zaz would be a great choice for the Bats. Well, <laughs> not his next on-screen villain, because... They've already gone and done fuck that up. <laughs> but, well, fucking, hopefully soon, one of his next. Because, you see, while Nolan tried to make some like the Joker and Bane seem mysterious, and, and especially in the Joker's case, unpredictable, as unpredictable as as the Joker says in his own words, as a dog chasing cars. While he tried to do that, truth is, we've never seen someone as truly unpredictable as you could make Zaz. And, shit, you know... While I'm thinking about it, 
truth be told, you know, <laughs> you, <laughs> you could really do a hell of a good job if you cast <laughs> someone like, shit, I don't know, <sighs> Billy Zane, uh, Mark Strong, I don't know. Um, well, let's see here. <laughs> Brian Cranston. I mean, you know, these these three and and actually quite a few more have the look, and and not just the look, but the ability to play crazy like no one you've ever fucking seen before you know and and, and if not crazy dark and, and and depressing and scary as fuck i mean you you got to go one direction or another or hell mesh them all together and and those three and quite a few more actually <laughs> i think they they have the ability, I think they have it within themselves to pull it off. But whatever. Because, like I said, we've, we've never seen someone as truly unpredictable as Zaz could be. And because many, such as myself, are so deeply fucking rooted in their love for Heath's portrayal in the Dark Knight. I... <laughs> I know that I'll probably piss a lot of those fans off by saying that. Because, yeah, Heath... <laughs> Heath tried to give off the, the feel of being completely and totally unpredictable. But I'm sorry. As much as I loved his portrayal of the Joker, and as, as iconic as that role was for him, I, I, I really didn't see unpredictable in there. I mean, crazy, yeah. <laughs> Off the hinges, of course. But not unpredictable. And, you know, I'll give you, maybe it's because I've seen that movie upwards of about, oh, I'd say a good 30 times, and shit, I, I already kind of know what's gonna happen, so of course I don't see anything as unpredictable. No, I'll give you that that might be the reason, but still. <laughs> Screw you with a ten-foot rubber hose. Okay? Because whether you want to admit it or not, you gotta at least admit that there's a chance that I'm right on that one. Because Zaz, you know... Yeah, the Joker, he had his moments, but 
the more I watch it, the more I see that, at least I feel, he he always had, as much as he didn't admit it, some sort of plan. But Zaz, well, <laughs> he's not burdened or, or chained to any sort of any sort of plan whatsoever. Because, I mean, he just, he does what he does for one reason. Because he wants to. You know, he, he, he chooses to. He does it because he likes it. And that's really all. You know, I mean, he doesn't have an end game. His end game, well, his game doesn't end until he dies. That's that's his end game. That's that's all he's got, and he's just gonna continue on doing what he does for the hell of it. You know, I mean, why not? And in that is what I truly feel makes him unpredictable unlike anybody else in any of the other Batman movies that I have seen so far cause I mean he's not an intellectual narcissist the, the likes of the Riddler unless you count what he did in, in one of those video games that he was featured in for for all of about he, he doesn't leave clues, and he isn't consumed by, by the want or, or the need to induce fear or the idea of taunting the big black bat, much like the, uh, the Joker does from time to time. He's nothing more than, than a truly frightening, manipulative sociopath. Who's, who's as deceptively cunning as the man once dubbed the, uh, the acid bath murderer. And who's, who's as cold as the man once known as, as the Iceman. And, and he, he doesn't have, I mean, obviously, he has no motives, obvious or otherwise other than his almost religious satisfaction that he gets in that moment that blade meets flesh. And where some have said they just do what they do to do what they do, he just does. He, <laughs> he has no no want or need within him to do what he does. He, uh, you know, I mean, man, woman, child, dog, cat, iguana, I mean, I really don't think he gives a shit. I mean, yeah, sure, he, he may have his preference, but everybody does. But when it comes right down to it, it is <laughs> you know what it is? 
It's when you go into a restaurant and you order fish and chips and they say, uh, sorry, sir, we're a lot of fish. You don't just walk out. At least I don't. <laughs> you know what you do? <laughs> You say, okay, well, fuck. Give me the burger then. Make it well done, you fuck. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, you. I mean, you, you just, you go to plan B. And that's what he does. When his, when his preference isn't around, he throws caution into the wind. Plan B. And if plan B is not around, shit, plan C, D, E, F, G. I mean, hell, we all do it. Fuck, I love me some pepperoni pizza. You know, some stuffed crust pepperoni. But shit, that doesn't stop me from eating a slice of sausage from time to time, does it? Oh, and Vic, he, he doesn't let his soft spot for, for killing young females stop him. He, he, he doesn't let that get in the way. I mean, shit, that's, that's trivial. No. So of course he wouldn't let that get in the way of him being able to, to slit some victim from ear to ear. No matter who it may be. As he leaves them uh, in his own little loving, lifelike pose. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, he, he, he likes what he does, but that's not to say that, you know, he's <laughs> completely sane. I mean, in fact, he's, yeah, he, he's been diagnosed as insane and, and is regularly incarcerated in, in Arkham. But. You know, I don't buy it. I, yeah, I think he's, I think he's working with a full deck and then some. Okay, I, I just think that, well, you know, some, some people like to play basketball. <laughs> some people like to play cards. Eh, hell, he likes to, you know, open up a jugular from time to time. I don't fault him. <laughs> and I mean you can you can see that kind of enjoyment that he gets in things like <laughs> in 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 part 3 of Nightfall when he takes that that all girls boarding school hostage and holds the students at knife point <laughs> until Batman arrives. You you just see <laughs> that he he really likes what he does. And I gotta admire that. Well, okay, maybe, maybe, kinda. But anyway, you know, I think that it's that kind of enjoyment that really gets to the bat. Because, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of times where he's been pushed. 
and and broken. But nobody, in in my opinion, has really pushed the Batman like Victor Zaz. Because no matter how far the Joker goes, I mean, you're talking about a man who once killed Jason Todd. And yet, Bruce has always been able to kind of step back and and stop himself from ending that face-painted motherfucker. But with Zaz, (laughs) he's come closer than I've seen him come with a great many people. You know, much like when Batman dives into that boarding school and saves all those little girls. What happens? Well, Zaz knows all the buttons to push. And kind of like when you're on the last level of an extremely hard, extremely addictive video game. He takes his thumbs and presses down on those motherfuckers time and time again, rapidly. I mean, he just pounds those buttons into oblivion. And because of that, it's right there in that boarding school that Batman snaps and comes closer than than I've seen him ever come to taking a man out. Well, okay, okay, I I retract that statement because, let's face it, (laughs) all you Batman doesn't kill, sons of bitches, (laughs) you're out of line, (laughs) or out of your fucking minds, I I just, I I, I don't know which, but yeah, (laughs) Batman's killed before, let's let's just face it, And, and really, because he's done so, in the comic books so many times and well you know I, I guess for for the sake of this episode I'll, I'll give Ben his due yeah that Batman killed a few people I mean he looks corny as fuck doing it but yeah he, he offed a few people but I think that with with Zaz, we could see a viciousness in Batman that up until this point has been extremely lacking. Because when when Zaz insinuates that Batman gets just as much enjoyment out of out of the hunt for the baddies as Zaz gets when he cuts someone from ear to ear. It's that one thought that sends Bruce way over the edge in that moment. And he just goes into some uncontrollable rage and brutally beats the living hell out of this fucker. You know, I mean, he... He beats him to a bloody pulp. And we need to see that. We need to see 
Batman as human. You know, I mean, we we got that in three Batman movies back to back to back to some extent. But we we need to amp it up and turn it to 11. Okay? Cuz this this on top of being a a psychological mindfuck. We really need to to give the Batman some drama if you're gonna do Zaz right. You know, I mean we we need to see you know it, you saw little itty bitty chips in the armor of Batman in this last movie in, in Bats versus Soups. Uh, as much as I hate to reference that piece of shit. But yeah, you you did. And I think that we need to take those chips and we need to dig in there with our fingernails and we need to forcibly pry those things open. Because, I mean, this is a man that once stabbed Alfred Pennyworth. Okay? We really need to be able to see the toll You know, I mean, he didn't leave any kind of clues in his crime scenes. But get creative, okay? Find a way to be able to have him taunt the living daylights out of Bruce and Batman. You know, I mean, hell. A good way to do this is to incorporate some sort of, I don't know, maybe some aspects of of Hush. You know, give these two some sort of backstory. And don't just explain it. You know, I, I hate when movies do that. You pick one or the other and and just... Ignore the other side. You either show us a backstory or a reason behind something, or you explain it to us at nauseum. But no, in this case, you need to do both. Okay? You need to really hit home that these two have some sort of history. You know, and like like I said, incorporate some hush into it. You know, maybe maybe make them friends at one time. I I don't know. At least associates. And then when you have moments like Zaz just ripping into the skin of someone close to Bruce Wayne. I mean, right then and there. You may even have some fans crying. And that's the kind... I, you know... Yeah, a lot of these movies lately have been fun. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Fun does not make a good movie. You know, just, just because a movie is a hell of a lot of fun doesn't make it good. I mean... 
the original Pete's Dragon. For many years, of course, I grew up with it, so I may have a soft spot for it. But for many years, it was fun to me. But I'd be hard-pressed to ever call that a good movie. And besides, you have a man who has viciously killed even from his own hospital bed. You know, you, you can't just take someone that cold, that calculating, and simply have him killing off two-bit characters, you know? I'm not a fan of just killing off somebody just to kill them off. But <laughs> you gotta have a moment where even for... Even if he makes a, a recovery, whether it be Alfred, oh hell, I don't know, maybe take a movie before this and, and set up some sort of romance with, I don't know, a, a new Vicky Vale. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But, but give him a love interest. And then have Zaz almost... Take that love out. Because in a moment like that, yeah, we, we'd see a, a very vicious Batman. We'd see the Bat and Bruce push to the limits. You know, I mean, it would, it would be like, take... Take the Dark Knight. I know I, I've referenced that quite a few times just in this episode, let alone in, in any other episode, but it's one of my favorites. What can I say? So fuck off. But take the, the interrogation scene. You know, not a single one of us was in that movie theater and said, I wish this would get over with. And they'd just get on with it. Oh, we said, holy shit, Batman's kicking the crap out of the Joker. I've never seen something like this. This is awesome. In fact, I, I would make whoever Zaz almost kills, I'd, I'd make that one of his first victims. Because we need a, a full movie of that shit. We need to take the viciousness the, the emotion that that one scene conveys and just just make it a whole damn movie, okay? Because, I mean, he's even said in the comics of all that he's gone up against, he hates Zaz the most. And we need to, to really convey that. You know, we, we need to see Zaz, as, as, hell, take any psycho that you've seen on film, or in real life, and just take little quirks of all of them, and bundle it all up into one person, and that's who Zaz needs to be. I mean, I remember, the reason I loved the Dark Knight, well, one of the reasons, is because 
when it came down to it, and I came out of that theater, the first thing I saw was a line of yellow school buses, very much like the line of yellow school buses that the Joker escapes in at the very beginning of the movie. And that flick was such a a ride that in that very moment, I looked around like, where the fuck am I? (laughs) And school buses did that to me. So we we need to take we need to take that feeling and and we really need to turn up the volume you know we need to crank it cuz cuz zaz needs to be the kind of villain that haunts you for days you know women children men he haunts he has a little bit of everything that haunts everyone. Cause we need we need to make him not as not just as crazy as oh shit, I don't know, someone like Hannibal Lecter for for example. But we need to that and, and this is why I say we need to give him a backstory that that somehow interconnects with Bruce on an emotional level. Cause we we also need to care not just about Bruce, but we need to care about the villain. You know, we 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 have to be able to have that that dark part of us be rooting for him, even just a tiny tiny bit. But yeah, it needs to be hoping that somehow we get to see more of him in another movie. But yeah, I mean, you on on top of of that emotional foundation, you also have to have a big ball of crazy, okay? I mean, I'm talking you taking Gacy, Kaczynski. I mean, just everyone that you can fucking think of, Manson. I mean, anyone, and you need to to just mesh them all in there, cause Zaz is. So far off his damn rocker that he even takes it upon himself years later, years down the road after he he first shows up to build a financial empire with money that the Black Mask gave him. (laughs) And he took it. And what, what did he do? He started his own kitty fight club where people get to bet on, on the tykes that, that enter the ring or the octagon or whatever the fuck have you. <laughs> and the winners, you, you'd think that they'd get to go home to mommy and daddy, but no, no, no. <sighs> they get to go up against Vic himself. So, I mean, that's just, that's just pretty. Because, <laughs> because, oh, I mean, it's just, it's so adorable the way that Vic just, just offs the lovable scamps. I mean, it's just, oh, it warms your heart. <laughs> no, no, ah, that's, that's the whiskey. Never mind. <laughs>
<sighs> but <laughs> a nut bar like that. How could how could Batman not despise him? And and at the same time, if done right, how could we not love the son of a bitch? And you know, I mean, for those hardcore fans that just want it the way that we've gotten it over the years, at one point, he's even released from Arkham by the Joker. So yeah, I mean, sure, if you like Jared's Joker, I mean, don't don't worry. I'm not saying that we we need to get rid of him. Kind of like in Suicide Squad, which was just let's let's get this right out, okay? Suicide Squad was enjoyable for all those that wanna to knock it and and, and all those naysayers. It was enjoyable, okay? Get over it, move on. Now that said, yeah, the the characters had more depth to them than than anything that I've seen out of the last couple of, of DC films or, or their trailers for the next ones. But on the same token, you gave us one thing and then dropped the ball on the other. Because, yeah, the, the characters made me care about them. I mean, they... Okay, other than a really bad BET joke, they even did Killer Croc justice. Which, if you would have asked me a good eight months ago, if I thought Killer Croc should get anywhere near the films, I would have punched you in the face. But in this instance... They actually had me thinking that that I'd like to see more of him. So, I mean, that had me fucked up. But the the characters, every last one of them, you you gave a crap about them, which was a pleasant surprise for me. And yeah, you you gave a crap about them. But the one thing you didn't give a crap was that damn plot because that's that is the one thing I called I mean I I called a lot on this movie and yeah some of it I was wrong about I'll admit that you know I'm I'm not petty enough to where I I can't admit when I'm wrong unless you listen to my wife but I'll admit it I was wrong on on a few of the things that I said about this movie and what I, I figured it would be. Because you really cared about the characters. But the plot was trash, okay? That's all there is to it. But because the characters were so damned well done, yeah, I mean, you could, you could have the, the Joker... Uh, kind of in there for a split second a few different seconds throughout the film you know you you could really have him make an impact 
while still making Zaz the central villain. I mean, that's at least one thing that worked in Suicide Squad, and it can work again. Because, I mean, a villain such as Victor, yeah, he's incredibly dark and insanely brutal. But in today's world, he's amazingly believable. And yet with all these superhero movies coming out, just slapping us in the face left to right and promising that they'd they'd learn from Batman Begins and its brothers, you know, and, and, and give us something that's rooted in the real world, only to give us something like Martha. I mean, I, I really think that someone like Zaz, because he's so believable, could give us everything we need in a villain. And unfortunately, all we've gotten out of him is a damned cameo to geek out over. Unless you missed it because you either went to the bathroom or the concession stand or blinked or sneezed or farted. Any of that. I mean, that's all we've gotten. Other than maybe a, a few mentions of the man while he still remains off screen. But they were so few and far between and quick as hell that I don't count that shit. But this time can be different if we want it to be. And if we make enough noise about it. Because I see this thing as being, as I said, you need to have him taunting the bat. Because this needs to be a deadly game of cat and mouse. Much like an Alex Cross novel. And, and actually, you need to be able to, <laughs> to embrace that and make Batman really Alex Cross. I mean, you, you need to, to take the detective in him and just, just put pedal to the metal, okay? Because, yeah, it really does. It, it needs to be just like a James Patterson book, only with, with our favorite comic book characters standing in as they play for, for stakes just as high as those Victor used to play for when he used to deal the cards. But this time, he's not playing Texas Hold'em. <laughs> I mean, he may dish out a few dead man's hands uh, when, when going up against the world's greatest detective. But yeah, he, he, this, this needs to be reminiscent of one of the greatest crime novels ever. As you see Bruce Wayne and Batman as they try to unearth who the fuck Victor Zaz really is, only to fall and fail time and time again as they they try to finally find and, and nail our murdering mastermind before he offs his next victim. You know, I mean, that's that's what we really, that's what we need. And we need to see the toll that it takes on Bruce, mind, body, and spirit, as he goes up against a criminal 
the likes of which he's he's never imagined. Cause somehow he's used to the the penguins and and the jokers and the riddlers and the banes and you know all, all these guys. But as as normal and as rooted in the real world as Victor is, somehow you've you've got to pull off the feeling that this is something that Bruce not only has never experienced, but never even dreamed of. And in that way, you could really show his his downward journey and and where it takes him. As even those around him like like Alfred and Gordon, ooh, yeah, there there's another one that could be offed. Or, you know, put in the ER at least. Jim Gordon. Maybe Barbara. I don't fuck. I don't know. Just a few more options. But yeah, we. You need to see the 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 downward spiral, as I said, that it really takes him on, as even those closest to him start to to wonder about him, start to to try and talk some sense into him. I mean, you've got, you've got to see some real tension there. Cause, cause Bruce, oh, everyone around him truly cares for him. But Bruce is nothing if not an obsessively driven man on a mission. And I think that if we're going to get a lone Batman movie, which I know, I I truly hope that if this is the route they go. They make it into at least two, you know, uh, a part one and part two. You know, give us a cliffhanger in the first one somehow. I I don't know how, but work with me here, people. But yeah, I think that if you're going to give us one or two movies, we need to see Ben lace up those boots against someone that is much more than just a a worthy adversary. You know, we, we need to see... The Moriarty to his Sherlock, you know, and we 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 need to see a brutal, brutal mind taking its toll on Bruce. And I think that if they did that, hell, it, it would echo into the next few movies, you know, your your Justice Leagues and things like that. I'd give much more of a shit about Bruce in the next few movies if they went this route than I ever cared about him in that last one. Okay. In fact, you could even see him going up against multiple adversaries. You know? Because the, the Joker... Yeah, he, he let Zaz loose. But it could it could even be that he lets multiple people loose. And could you imagine what we would be able to see if we saw Bruce having to fight a battle, having to forget a battle, having to fight a war. On several fronts. You know, I mean, 
you could you could see him fighting some of your favorites. You could get just a taste. You know, I mean, have it be like when when you're done with ice cream in the bowl, but you see just just a tiny puddle on the bottom of the bowl that you know, yeah, it's it's melted. It's ice cream soup. But it's still cold. And it's still got the flavor. So what do you do? I, I, you don't wash out the bowl and be done with it. You take that spoon and try to get just a tiny little bit on the end of the spoon. And all the other villains need to be that tiny little bit. Okay, they, they need to be that that small taste. But Zaz needs to be everything that came before. Okay? <laughs> I'm talking from, from the cherry on top on down. He needs to be the, the bulk of the Sunday, okay? Because while the, the idea of multiple villains really just <laughs> didn't work in the 90s, several times over. I think that in this case, it could work beautifully. Because while he goes up against Vic, and as much of a toll as Vic takes on him, imagine the toll that it would take on him. If it's not just him he's going up against, it's not just him that he's focusing on. You know... All these damn movies, there's always, like I said, other than the 90s, but for the most part, you always either get these villains working together, or you end up getting him against one villain. Just one. But you can't tell me that in a big city like Gotham, that its protector... He only, he only has one guy to deal with. He only has one guy to worry about at a time. No, that's 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 not how this works. That's, that's not how any of this works. That's why what you get in many of the best storylines in the comics is usually several issues. And each issue or or each couple of issues, they they take one villain, and they dedicate an issue or, yeah, hell, sometimes two or three issues to that villain. But then the next couple of issues, whole other villain. I mean, in, in issue one, two, and three, you might get Bane, you might get Poison Ivy, but in, in issues four, five, and six, you're getting the Joker. You're getting the Mad Hatter. But it's all central to the same storyline. You know, 4, 5, and 6, don't ignore 1, 2, and 3. And and they sure as hell won't ignore what's going to happen in 7, 8, and 9. 10, 11, and 12. I mean, you know, Ladybugs came to the Ladybugs picnic. I mean, I don't know. But you don't... You don't just have Batman going up against one guy. 
You know, I mean, it, it rarely happens. So, no, you, you need to see. Yeah. Imagine what would happen if someone as taxing as Victor was going up against Batman at the same time that uh, the Joker as Jared was going up against him. You know, not at the same time, but, you know, maybe on the same night. Or (laughs) imagine him trying to to juggle the hunt for Victor in a fight against the Riddler. I mean, that's a hell of a balancing act. (laughs) And then you have, if you're going to give him some kind of backstory with Bruce... Like, you know, such as a, a, a hush kind of a thing. You'd be able to see how, how Victor and his fight against Batman affects Bruce. And then you'd have a three ball balancing act. I think I saw that in Tijuana. Yeah, anyway, but yeah, you, you'd have Batman trying to juggle multiple cases. Multiple fights. And then you'd have... Have Batman and Bruce... Both trying... Both sides of the coin... Trying to balance out the other... In life. And... That would just be awesome, I think. Because... I mean, you'd... Because, I mean... You'd have... The theatrical favorites. You know, you'd have... Enigma, or or you know who whoever have you, you know leaving clues or fucking with Batman's mind even more so than than Zaz. You know playing, you know you you'd have Jared playing his little games as Joker. <laughs> but then with Zaz with Victor, you'd have none of that. <laughs> Just. Just graphic murders, which I'm I'm sorry. I know that most studios like to to try and make as much money as you can by trying to shove a PG version in our faces and and letting the the kiddies get in on this. But no, 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 no. These these graphic murders need to be shown. And I'm sorry, there's <laughs> There's only one way to go, and I'm talking either R or worse, you know, NC-17 something, I don't, I don't care, you know, pull, pull a PG or PG-13 version out of your ass when, when it goes to DVD, or, or, hell, have, have two versions, you know, I mean, appease everybody have a rated R version but you know maybe in the same theater or or you know in in the other theater in town have a PG version or you know I mean have a PG-13 version in one and a NC-17 version in the other you know I mean I don't know if that's ever been done before but here fuck I think it would work just peachy as long as you don't have Warner Brothers trying to dip their toes in the pool and and uh, 
going too far in, in their editing. You know, I, th- I think that I, that's just me. I, but I think that from here on out, whether you're talking about this movie or, or not, you need to get rid of, okay, maybe, of course you can't get rid of Warner Brothers. But when it comes to Warner Brothers, I think that DC would really probably do well to to fashion the way that they do business. Not the way they do their movies, but the way they do business in the same way that Marvel does. Because Marvel has more control, or at least seems to, over what goes on at Marvel Studios than DC seems to have over what uh, what kind of movie they uh, get their name slapped on and have Warner Brothers shuffle on out. But yeah, I, I think that uh, it could really... We, we'd really do good to be able to have those two totally different tones out there. You know, I mean, it, it would help them to still make as much money as they damn well want, because that's all they care about. But in the same token, the, the, the people that really want to see a Batman that takes himself seriously, we'd be able to see it finally. Because we, we, we get the nibbles, but we don't get the damn turkey leg itself. And I, I know that uh, this is kind of backtracking, but actually, kind of just dawned on me while I was rambling. I said you need to, to try and have Victor mess with the mind of Bruce. And, and now that I think about it, if you're going to give them some sort of convoluted, made-up uh, storyline, you know, some, some sort of backstory that takes several different aspects of, of different comic book story arcs and, and mesh them together. I think one way that Victor could probably kind of mess with the mind of, of Bruce and Batman is take those poses. I mean, Victor poses every one of his victims in some sort of lifelike pose, you know, Almost like a like a storefront mannequin. And I think that you you could really take those poses to have Victor he could almost be telling a story with the poses, you know? And as the movie goes on, you see these poses. And then in, in Bruce's mind's eye, you could see a quick flashback. And if you get enough of those flashbacks, like like within the the third one, you know, that's when you all of a sudden see the recognition in Bruce's eyes that he's he's beginning to piece it together. He's finally beginning to see that, yeah, I, this seems familiar. But why? And within the the probably third act that's when you really get to see that all of a sudden lights on moment out of nowhere it hits him and Bruce knows 
Bruce finally knows who's messing with him. And all of a sudden, <laughs> this shit's personal. Because the, those poses, that's Victor's way of saying, I know who you are. I mean, you know, use the similarities between the two and their lives. You know, maybe even, for the love of Pete, have a Batman movie where you don't get a flashback of Bruce's parents dying, okay? But have a moment where where the pose that Victor leaves a, a couple in is eerily reminiscent of something about that night. Because I think that right then and there could be <laughs> be the moment that really, um, I'm not saying that's going to be the moment where he, he finally figures it out. That might be the moment where he begins to figure it out. But when he finally does figure it out, he looks back on that crime scene. And realizes how personal, how how much of a nutshot that was. And that, <laughs> that from that point on, when it gets that personal, that could that could make for some mighty interesting shit. Okay? Cause then when you have that on top of the fact. That he tried to knife down somebody that's uh, insanely close to Bruce. You know, when he realizes that that someone close to him also tried to to take another person close to him and stick him like a stuck hog. That's <laughs> then. Oh shit! It's it's on. Warp speed, motherfucker. It's on. But it it could work. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, but it's it's worth a shot. Because <laughs> you know, I mean, I know you're gonna have those at the the studio that say, "Well, I don't know." This is this is certainly dark and unlike anything that we've ever tried with Batman. But Batman didn't didn't Deadpool teach you anything, you stupid bastards? Batman's gonna make money no matter what you do. Some characters, some story arcs, some franchises are just evergreen, okay? You can't change that. I mean, hell. The last three movies taught me that. I mean, Joker, Batman, Superman. Hell, even outside of the genre, take Force Awakens. These are all evergreen entities meaning that no matter how 
badly you treat them. No matter how badly you make them treat us. We're gonna come back. Which... I, I can't believe I'm saying that. I really fucking hate that about us. But we are. I wish we wouldn't. Because the only way we can we can stop their mistreatment of these characters, of of these ideas, of these stories, is to to stay away for a while and and just <laughs> let them find themselves. Let them realize that <laughs> what they've given us isn't isn't exactly what they should be giving us. You know, <laughs> let them realize that. They're not treating us the way that we need to be treated. But regardless of, of what I want and what I think we should do as fans, yeah, some some things are just evergreen. You know, I mean, whether it makes, you know, 30 bucks or 300 bucks or 300,000 bucks. Whether it makes a, a million, a billion, I don't know. But no matter what it makes in the box office, we've already established what it is. Now we're just haggling over price. So yeah, you could you could take a chance on this, and it could work out perfectly if you do it right. It could just blow our minds our dicks, our, our everything. But, but first you have to pull the trigger and do it. Because it'll, it'll make money no matter what. But still, will it happen? Probably not. But if we the fans made enough noise about it before it all kind of goes straight to hell. We could really make those in charge at least think twice before disregarding it. And that's what they did with with Deadpool. They kept thinking twice. And we kept making them think twice. Until... It was finally greenlit. And I know I say a lot of shit about how badly I hate Marvel. And I do, I do, I do. But moments like that first Iron Man, a few of the X-Men movies, <laughs> and <laughs> moments like Deadpool, Really, don't get me wrong, I'm not a Marvel hater. I love both DC and Marvel equally. I'm, I'm one of what seems to be a dying breed. But that doesn't go for Marvel movies. But when Deadpool came out, I wept when I heard about it. I wept when I saw it. 
And then I wept after I saw it. And really, this could be another one of those movies that just, <laughs> that just brings me to tears. But it, we, we have to make that noise first. Because just like Deadpool, unless we make them think twice enough times, it ain't happening. And I don't know about you, but the way shit's been going lately, I think that if it did happen, it would be for the best, <laughs> no matter how it went. So, I mean, it's, it's worth a try, isn't it? Eh, whatever, because... All we can do is, is what we just did. And what we we did with Super Mario Brothers. And then, all we can do after that is leave it up to them to sift through and pick and choose from, from the shiniest of those brain nuggets that we leave out. You know, in, in hopes that they may come along and and just uh, pick one up to to kind of graze on a little bit, you know. All we all we can do is is try to help them help us, you know. Try to to fix things together, as I said before. But that's all we can do, and and then we just have to hope that. They do their part. Because if, if, if we don't find a way, whether, whether you heed my call from before and stay your asses home when, you, when, when your spidey sense is tingling and you see what could probably be a really bad movie instead of, of giving in and saying, well, this might be my only chance to see this story arc or this character or whatever. Unless you do something like that, or, or God knows what else you could do, but unless we help them to help us, chances are they're, they're not going to do shit. And then we're just right back here where we are. But all I can do is, is hope that someone hears this or any number of my episodes and that it, it does some sort of damn good but whatever because with that <sighs> you know I, I'm, I'm just here trying to fix things and right now I think that uh, if I haven't fixed Zaz for future generations there, there's, there's no putting those pieces back together again. No, not, not after, not after begins. So, until next time, and until I pick out another target, I'll be seeing you.